Hi, I'm Faye and I'm part of Mosaic Church here in Holbeck. Um, and you are joining us at week three of the preaching series on prayer. And so far, Dan helped us look at Jesus's prayer of surrender in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Rich last week helped us to think about using scriptures in prayer. And just wondered how you got on with that this week. Um, today's prayer is dangerous and it's not for the faint hearted, or is it? And it focuses around sharing Jesus with others. And I wonder what you're feeling about sharing your faith as we transition out of lockdown. Maybe you're afraid, maybe you aren't that bothered, maybe you're just not sure how best to tell people about Jesus. Maybe you just had other stuff on your mind and maybe you're thinking about inviting people to the up and coming Alpha, but you feel a bit uneasy on what to say um, and how to go about it. And we go out around in Holbeck about once a week and I was once in Casa and a man in front of me I thought might have a bad leg and I was going to ask him but I bottled it and later on that day I saw the same man walking along the road that I was on I saw the same man in the park and you may be thinking maybe this is one of those stories where it all goes well in the end but it's not. Um, finally me and India were prayer walking around one of the roads in Holbeck and this guy calls out to us and this is the fourth time I'd seen this man this day and he sat on his doorstep I'm like, this is a sign. <laughs> so I explain who we are and I ask if he's got pain in his leg and he's like, no. And literally starts shouting at us, runs into the middle of the road, shouting. <laughs> um, These weirdos have been following me. Um, and guys, we're going to face opposition when sharing Jesus. And really, that was pretty tame to what many believers experience around the world. How can we face tricky situations and not be put off going out again? How can we become effective in sharing our faith boldly with our friends, work colleagues, neighbours and those around us and see God rescue many people over the next few months? Well, today's prayer was prayed by a prisoner who'd been so changed by Jesus that in the middle of a great hardship was not praying for the hardship to end, but was praying that the very reason he was in the in the hardship in the first place, telling people about Jesus, would only increase through him and that he would be fearless in doing so. Was he a sucker for punishment? No, he'd been so grasped by Jesus that serving him became all that he lived for. And maybe you're listening and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. You're exploring and we're really glad that you're here. I hope as you hear about this, your ears um, stand up at the idea of someone so amazing at Jesus, so amazed at Jesus that he'd rather go to prison than not talk about him. And let's join together and look at prayers like that. His name was Paul, a man who had previously hunted down Christians in order to have them executed, who stood by and watched as they were stoned to death. Jesus himself had to appear to Paul and ask him why he was persecuting him. Paul was blinded and then healed. He was made aware of his spiritual bankruptcy and then freely filled with God's spirit. He spent the rest of his life telling people about Jesus and how we become effective is wrapped up in how Paul became effective. Before this prayer is penned, Paul has been travelling thousands of miles on missionary journeys to different cities, telling them about Jesus. 
At the end of Paul's third missionary journey, he is heading to Jerusalem and his friends warn him, don't go. They foresee, they, they see that, that he's going to get arrested. And Paul answers, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm not ready. I, I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And through the next season of his life, Paul was indeed arrested, beaten, shipwrecked, and he pens the passage we are looking at today in prison in chains. In today's passage found in Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, he writes, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I'm going to just read it again. He says, he prays, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And I think that we can learn about a lot about prayer here, looking at two avenues. The first one is, what, what is it that Paul is praying? And the second is the context of his prayer. So what is he praying? Well, there's really three things. It's really short, isn't it? There's three things that he's praying. Number one, that the gospel will always be on his lips whenever he speaks. Number two, that he will be given words for the gospel to become clear to people. Number three, that he would be fearless in speaking it. And why do we pray? Well, we pray because we see our natural limitations or see a lack that only God can fill. And that is what God is doing here. He's aware of his natural limitations and he's completely dependent on God for the very words he speaks. And let, let Paul be relatable to you today. Sometimes we imagine him as this superhuman, a naturally eloquent speaker with almost magical powers, breathing the gospel with unbelievable fearlessness. But here he is, an ordinary man, changed by God, praying that he would be clear. It would always be on his lips and that he would be fearless. He depends completely on God. Um, and what a relief for us. If we are aware of our fear or we have other priorities or unsure what to say when sharing Jesus, well, it seems we're in good company. <laughs> and if Mr. Evangelist to the post-resurrection world, Paul himself, needs to pray for clearness and boldness, then how much are we able to do the same? We can literally take these words and pray them for ourselves. And I just recommend making time to do that each, each day. You might want to set a, a reminder, write it somewhere, stick it somewhere. Praying for these, um, and we're going to be praying for these in our gathered times of prayer over the next few weeks in our um, gatherings. And God is more than capable of making us fearless. I've seen him do it in myself and friends around me. And if you can take someone like me, who was afraid to even speak in most social situations, so terrified of rejection that I'd say jokes in my own head and not out loud and panic um, about my next question so that I wouldn't need to answer anything and change me so that my security is more and more in him, 
and help me do two jobs which I wouldn't have been able to do, teaching and church leadership, both where public speaking is quite high on the to-do list, um, and help me get out on the streets each week to tell people about God, essentially look to look silly on the streets. <laughs> um, I hope you can see the transforming power of God and he doesn't leave people shy. Like fear isn't a personality type. Both extroverts and introverts, whatever, if you're on the borderline, um, can be transformed to have less fear. And like God is proud of me um, and he's proud of you. So when people aren't interested um, in talking to us, um, which will happen a lot, um, or like that story at the beginning, we get shouted at, it's not crushing because our value and security doesn't come from a successful conversation, but from the king of the universe thinking that I'm great. He thinks I'm great and he thinks you're great. And I'm not fearless, but I fear less. And next year, um, I'll fear less. And the year after, I'll fear less. Um, I have amazing, I have amazing people around me that God has removed fear from and are walking in greater levels of freedom. They're walking up to whole groups to share words of knowledge and share their faith. They're studying the Bible with a work colleague. What an honour, like what an honour to know them. But more importantly, what an honour to know God is the glorious transformer and to watch the story of today's prayer come true in people's lives. So we see that Paul's dangerous prayer is actually the perfect prayer for the faint-hearted. Um, and you might be sat there and thinking, it's not really fear, but I'm just not that brilliant at clearly explaining the gospel. And that is fine. That's why we pray. Where we don't see the heavenly reality, we go back to the maker of heaven and earth and ask him to help us again. Um, Almost every time we go out and speak to someone, we leave the person behind um, and we're like, oh, I could have done this better, I could have said this. Um, but we just go back again to God and ask for help. Um, literally yesterday, we, um, in Holbeck, we went up to a guy in the park and he's wearing a pentagram jumper, which is a pagan symbol. So we're, interest we're interested to see how we'd be received. But he's super nice. Um, and we're wearing bunny ears, we give him a chocolate egg um, and ask him if he has a bad back. And he says yes. And so we pray for his back. My brain's like, quick, um, what do you do next? So I'm like, oh, and what like what do you think? What do you think about God? And he replies, Oh, I'm I'm on the fence. Um, so I tell him the story of the prodigal son and, and just say, that's what God thinks of you. And he's got he looks at us and he's got this big smile on his face. And he's like, Wow, you've really put a smile on my face. Now, a sensible person might have said, oh, do you want to find out more? Maybe look at the Bible, try church, try Alpha. Instead, I said, OK, great, have a good day. Um, and we just walk away. Like, why didn't we do this? Or why didn't we do this? Instead of completely losing our minds at the end. Um, but it's OK, because like, we just come back and we pray again, God, help us to make the mystery of your gospel clear. Help us to be more effective next time. And God's like, well done for giving it a go. And whether you're sharing Jesus with a neighbour or a friend, um, a work colleague, or someone you just pass by, God can make his gospel clear through you. So if you're going to make an action point or an application from this morning, one could be to just pray this prayer every day. 
I feel so excited about what would happen if we did, the changes in us and the changes around us. I bet we'd start to look out for more opportunities, um, expecting him to speak the gospel more clearly through us, to give us more boldness and clarity. And I really think Leeds would look different. So we've looked at what Paul is praying, but the context here is um, just as important as the prayer itself. And it is amazing. Um, so Paul, having been battered and bruised, rejected, mocked, shipwrecked and imprisoned, we, we might cut Paul some slack here if he were to pray something along the lines of, please bring healing to my body, help me out of prison, let me live out the rest of my days in comfort. But in the middle of his hardship, Paul's prayer is not remove my chains, but let me declare your gospel clearly and fearlessly. Praying stuff like this, Paul, is what has got you in this mess in the first place. And yet here he is praying it still. Who does that? Like someone that's been so grasped by Jesus that serving him became all that he's lived for. So grasped by Jesus that he considers his life worth nothing. So he even said this, and now compelled by the spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I count my life, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And Paul really understood the saving power of the gospel. Um, if this pillow here represents Paul's comfort and this life ring, the gospel, his focus is shifted away from self and his own comfort and towards the rescue mission, a shift of priorities. And one example, like food is important for us, but in a life and death situation, we are less concerned about what we're going to have for tea, say. Paul has grasped the life and death situation of people around him. And he's saying the gospel, the means of rescue is more important than these chains. Then my comfort and my agenda in my hope for an easy life. It's like he had access to a lifeboat, a life ring for people drowning. And the pillow matters less when the urgency is so high. The world from which you have been rescued needs rescuing and you know the rescuer, but we're often just not that bothered. Um, I've been reading this week about a lady called Rebecca Potton. Here she is. Um, she was born in the 17th century and kidnapped from her home and brought as a slave to St Thomas, which is a Danish sugar company in the West Indies. And in her teens, she was freed from slavery. She found faith in God and worked as a paid labourer instead for the same family. But after work, um, on, in the evenings and on weekends, with a group of others, we'd just walk miles to the different plantations to share Jesus with those still in, in slavery. And their strategy was to gain one or two converts on each plantation 
who would in turn win over another handful of recruits. And this led to a steady momentum. And you can read how the numbers of people getting baptised on the plantations increased each year amongst group of pe- groups of people who had not yet heard about Jesus. And they would often like pass human re- like remains used as warnings on the side of the road, like reminders of the penalty, penalty of disobedience. Um, which like a lot of the planted, like plantation owners suspected that their mission was breeding. And she walked until her feet, feet ached and her co-workers were threatened and beaten and su- like subject to arson attacks. But before she was 20, she would often gather around 200 women who would listen to her teach about Jesus. And in her 20s, she married and the planters tried to crush the mission through legal means arresting Rebecca and her husband and people would uh, like gather outside of the bars of the jail to hear them teach like shout the bible from their cells and their church actually grew a third in the 13 weeks they were in jail but she was very nearly sentenced to be returned into slavery why would someone risk the freedom they had received to share god with others and um, it can only be from understanding the true freedom that she had received through Jesus and a deep conviction that she couldn't keep that she couldn't possibly keep that to herself and both Paul and Rebecca's resolve affected generations after them and if you're not a believer here today again like so great that you're here I hope you can like begin to see the worth of this gospel the worth of Jesus's name for Paul, the gospel was was that, that although he was a sinner, though he hunted down believers to their death, he was made right before God because Jesus took the punishment upon himself on the cross. And whatever you've done in your life or has been done to you that makes you think you can't come near God, well, Jesus has already paid for that. He loves you and he has open arms for you. And that is the grace of God, getting a million more, like more love and blessing than we deserve, purely because he loves you and he loves you and he loves you. And this this, this man, Paul, was so changed by the gospel that he would do anything for it. And it's just important to keep looking at Jesus, looking at how he changed our lives, how he's rescued us. Um, But this has become our cultural norm. Like we have allowed ourselves to be consumed with comfort. And my prayers are like frequently about my, about me. And um, so often like end this, end this hardship, end this pain. I mean, it's not even that big a deal. <laughs> Let me have this. And, and God does care about you. He cares about us and what we need. And for sure, he, he loves, he loves, loves, loves to hear from you. But we also need to pray that we will be ready to endure suffering so that we can make Christ known. And maybe we even just start with praying that we understand how much we've been rescued from, like a revelation of the saving power of the gospel, for fresh urgency and compassion for those that are currently drowning and without access to a life raft. And a life laid down is so glorious that we have been convinced, sorry, I got hair in my mouth. Um, we have been convinced of clinging to this one. And let's just open our hands today. 
let's ask for the gospel to always be close to our, close to our mouths, that we make it clear and do so boldly. Let's choose to focus on Jesus, his mission. And what, what might it cost you? Well, only your very life. <laughs> but whose does it belong to anyway? And that, that's the sort of praying that makes the hairs on my arms stand on end. A life burning like red hot for Jesus, like repulsed by tepid faith. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be an adventure, Mosaic Church, like looking Jesus directly in the face and saying, like, you are my prize, you are the victory. And when we pray this prayer, we choose God's kingdom growing over our own comfort an agreement that his gospel is a higher priority than your very life. And Peter and John, they pray a similar prayer to, to Paul's in Acts 4. I really recommend having a look at that. After healing a man born blind, Peter and John were threatened and they asked God. They've, they've come away from being threatened by people and they gather with believers and they ask God, God, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They weren't like praying that these people would go away and stop threatening them. They were like, even if they're threatening us, let us speak your word with great boldness. And when they finished praying, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And as we pray this prayer across Leeds, even this morning, I believe God will fill his people with his spirit. Um, I, can, I can only imagine the result across the city as we say yes to pray in the same. And if you're at home, you might even have a cushion that you can hold on to and you can let go of. And if you're in person, you can just imagine. Um, why don't you hold on to it and then put it down and we're just going to pray and we're going to pray the prayer that Paul prays. And we, God, we pray. We thank you for your spirit. We anticipate you giving us all that we need. We anticipate you, give, you making us fearless and captivating us with who you are. We thank you, Jesus, for saving us, for saving your people, for transforming us. And we pray that whenever we speak, words may be given to us so that we may fearlessly make known the gospel, the mystery of the gospel, even if we become an ambassador in chains. And we pray that we may declare it fearlessly as we should.